Hello and welcome back to the 59th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we will usually have Ashley with us as well, but she is a little busy today. So we um, are just going to continue without her and wish her well. But don't worry, guys, I'm going to hold down the fort real well for us. Have a really interesting video and um, or clip if you're listening to this lined up for you. So um, we're going to also talk about well, actually a couple clips. Uh, one is going to be about Sinclair, this group that owns a lot of local TV stations and uh, how they basically use that to lie to the American public and push uh, a conservative agenda onto the American public. And the other one is uh, a whistleblower, MSNBC, um, former MSNBC host Ed Schultz talk about how he had to deal with um, the, his media bosses telling him what he has to cover as an anchor and what he has to tell the people that his, uh, his audience, what they're listening to. So uh, once again, enjoy. Sinclair, this giant news organization, owns a lot of these uh, corporate or a lot of these um, news stations, right? Um, and you're going to see a really enticing video of how a lot of their news stations that they own, they literally told them to do one thing and they did it. Like they said literally the same thing, and someone noticed it, pieced it all together, and they they're, they're going to talk about it and and explain everything to you in detail. The second video is gonna be about MSNBC, um, a whistle, um, an anchor that used to work for them, his name was Ed Schultz. He has, uh, he has now uh, died. He has uh, since been deceased. And um, once again, he was a whistleblower for MSNBC. And he was one of the, uh, the, one, the last remaining truth tellers on the, on the national media. Um, one of like the Phil Donahue's, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and in this video, he's going to talk about a really intimate, uh, way in that, uh, only an anchor would know, you know, like anchors have a lot of power. They are the, they are the face of the media organization that they represent. And he, he did that for MSNBC. So, um, he had uh, interactions with the highest levels of MSNBC, MSNBC, and he noticed how they work together with, um, campaigns, uh, presidential campaigns to work in favor of a certain campaign and against another one and that and of course. So uh, it's going to be a really interesting episode for you guys. I hope you enjoy it thoroughly. Uh, I'm going to do my best to kind of explain everything as we go here. Uh, but once again, let's start ahead. Let's start with this first video. Uh, once again, by uh, PBS NewsHour. And Judy's going to tell us here uh, how that's going to, um, how it works, really. But first, does it matter who owns your local TV station? While polls show Americans are increasingly worried about so-called fake news, they also show that many trust their local news more than other sources. The largest owner of local stations in the country is Sinclair Broadcasting. A viral video of Sinclair news anchors has again raised concerns about the way in which the company mixes news with partisan political opinion. William Brangham updates his story about the broadcast giant that originally ran last year. 
Train derailment in Tennessee. It's a routine road maintenance has led to a squabble. We have some breaking news to tell you about. This is out of Bethesda tonight. Night after night, the country's largest owner of local TV stations, the Sinclair Broadcast Group, reaches over a third of homes across the nation. Compromise plan for the controversial Kenesha Sin. Most of us think of local news as just that, local. Stations run local stories produced and reported by local people. But if recently you tuned into, say, WVTV, which is Sinclair Station in Milwaukee, you saw this. Does the president have to repeat that fact day in and day out for us to believe it? That's Boris oh, Epstein, former member of the Trump administration and now chief political analyst for Sinclair. And here he was again on WEAR in Pensacola. The president stating the fact that the fringes of the left and the right. And on KSAS in Wichita. Are both capable of hate and violence does not mean He's condoning any of it. And again and again on every single one of the 193 Sinclair stations across the country. Eric Lipton is a reporter for the New York Times who's been covering Sinclair. They have, you know, a, a, what they call must runs, which include uh, Boris Epstein, who was a, a, a surrogate for Trump, who is, you know, on the air talking about conservative issues. You know, while the local news stations largely decide what their local news is going to be, you know, a covering of local government crime and, and local issues, there are these must runs that go on their networks across the United States, which are, have a decidedly conservative flavor. This partisan tilt has many free speech advocates alarmed because not only does Sinclair own such a large chunk of the marketplace already. That's crazy. So this is just what they own um, at the current time uh, that this video was made, which was uh, once again a couple of years ago in 2018. This is what they currently owned. But it's hoping to get bigger still. If a proposed $4 billion merger with Tribune Media goes forward, Sinclair would now reach three out of four American households. Journalism professor Louis Friedland. It is a real step in a very different direction to begin to, to, to say that the most trusted news source of most Americans is going to be uh, allowed to be turned into an opinion uh, organization, opinion machine for a very narrow, uh, narrowly conservative uh, point of view, night after night in local communities. Television remains the main source of news for many Americans. In 2016, 46% of adults said they got their news from local TV stations. And it's information they trust. 41% of registered voters said they trust local news to tell the truth, while just 27% trust national news. Keep those numbers in your head because what they're about to show you is going to be really wild uh, in the next minute or so here. Wow. Sinclair disputes having any kind of a political bent. Its executives declined to talk with us on camera for this report. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become all too common on, on social, social media. media. This weekend, the online site Deadspin created this compilation of dozens of Sinclair's local newscasters recording an identical promo accusing the national media of spreading fake news. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. The video spread quickly on social media, again stirring criticism of the broadcast giant. 
Scott Livingston, Sinclair's senior vice president of news, responded in a memo saying, the promo served no political agenda and represented nothing more than an effort to differentiate our award-winning news programming from other less reliable sources of information. That's so And today, funny. President Trump defended Sinclair, tweeting, Sinclair is far superior to CNN and even more fake NBC, which is a total joke. And then because, like, you see the partisanship continue, you know, like, that's what you guys should also note, you know, like, the president, Donald Trump, is also joining in and complimenting and joining on the side of Sinclair against, against the people just because they're conservative, you know, and he'll side with them just because he uh, or, or they project conservative um, leaning uh, ideas and mindsets to people. And he wants that. Why? Because when you brainwash people to be conservative and you push these ideas on them and they start to buy in, guess what happens to them later? They become Republican voters and that's what he wants. And that's what the Republicans understand very well. You know, that's why Fox News is number one year after year. Think about that. Meanwhile, Sinclair's bid to buy Tribune and thus expand its reach dramatically in local news is awaiting approval from the Justice Department and the FCC. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm William Brangham in Washington, D.C. Basically, that's it, guys. So uh, you saw it. Um, you saw for yourselves what they did, Sinclair, was they sent out um, a memo to all of their news stations, all of their anchors across the nation. And they told them to say the same thing, talking about how fake news uh, has its effect on the media when they were literally the fake news projecting it, you know? They were case in point what they were trying to do. And it was all a conservative um, front to try to brainwash people. And that's what I kind of want to, I want to talk about as well, right before we talk, uh, before we talk about the next video and we watch it um, or listen to it if you guys are listening on the podcast. Um, so how this works when it's a huge corporation and Usually these media entities work with, in coordination with other um, campaigns, especially the, the federal government. You know, like that's why they got rid of the next guy I want to show you uh, on TV. And that's why he got kicked, he got fired from MSNBC. That's why Phil Donahue was fired also from his show because he, would, uh, he wouldn't buy into, uh, he would not say anything good about the Iraq war, which everyone else was more, way more willing to do. But he wasn't. And neither was Ed Schultz. And what happened to them? They were kicked off the air. Do you think it's any coincidence? That's no coincidence at all. That's how the game is played. Unfortunately, when you start to pay attention to politics, you realize how interconnected really uh, everything is, you know? So, and it, it all kind of stems back from money. So like, if you stick with that one, like really common and sometimes I guess cliche um, phrase, um, which is follow the money, or follow the money, you can 
pretty much always get to the truth, especially when it comes to politics. Um, that is case in point. Um, and Donald Trump is uh, a really, really good example of following the money. Uh, especially with this coronavirus crisis, you guys should be following the money, especially with these stimulus bills that they're passing, trillions and trillions of dollars that they're spending. But that's besides the point. So um, once again, how this functions is basically as a, as a huge system. So like, here's the government, here is the media, uh, a propaganda arm of the government, here's the military, and they are also um, inflicting amazing amounts of influence, pain, destruction, you name it, all around the world, all in the name of the American um, empire, which is really what it is. We're not just 50 states and a few territories. We're Our American empire is a military machine. Did you know that the American military is um, the largest producer of um, greenhouse gases in the world that's just insane uh, i couldn't help but share that uh tidbit with you um but that's just basically how it works the the media works with um the government at a meta scale and other um agencies and organizations intelligence agencies you name it uh in government they all work together to suppress the people suppress the vote that's why martin luther king jr is as peaceful as he was and as uh fair thinking as he was he was number one on the federal uh the fbi watch list you know um so i think that's that's really telling um but the media especially when it comes to presidential elections like you see this um a lot of people saw this for andrew yang he was snuffed uh, out of the media any progressives truth-telling people they are all either they either completely bash them they try to discredit them in the media they try to do everything in their power to make voters not want to vote for them and that's what that whole bernie bros thing was like that what kind of excuses uh, is that to not vote for somebody because of how their supporters uh, act? And I don't think uh, Bernie supporters are any more aggressive or any more nice than anybody else's, you know? So that makes zero sense to me, um, as it should make zero sense to you. But um, let's go ahead and dive into the next video here. Um, and once again, we are going to see how Ed Schultz was really told what to do on a common uh on a common basis on a regular basis at msnbc by his bosses and you're gonna see it's it's very telling it's very telling so i'm just gonna let it play and we'll talk about it after there was more oversight and more direction given to me on content at MSNBC than there ever has been here at RT. And I think that it's very sad that that story is not getting out. I think it, many times I was told what to lead with on MSNBC. Many times I was told what I was not going to do. And I've got a story that had I not been involved in it, I would have never believed it. Uh, and Phil Griffin, who I consider a friend to this day, was see, like, look who's next to Phil Griffin. Was it's a like star. Rachel Maddow and 
uh, I believe that's Lawrence O'Donnell, which he has a really interesting video of him um, that we also played on a previous episode. So really interesting to see him there. But uh, let's go ahead and play to see who their lap, their lap dogs are. You see them right in front of you. Far more than anything I am exposed to here at RT America. Do we tell you what to say? Do we tell you an angle to take? Often. In fact, when Bernie Sanders was announcing that he was going to be a candidate for the nomination of the Democratic Party in Burlington, Vermont, I was the only cable host between Fox, MSNBC, and CNN that was there live to cover it. Now, there were live cameras there, but we had coordinated with the Sanders campaign that at 5 o'clock he was going to make his announcement, and we were going to cover this on The Ed Show. I go to Bernie Sanders' house that afternoon, an interview in the backyard, about a 15-minute interview. The grandkids are running around. It's a big day for the Sanders family. He's going to announce that he's running for president. We're going to carry it live later on in the day, and we're going to run this one-on-one -on -one take with Bernie. 3,000 people are there on Lake Champaign. It's five minutes to air, and I get a phone call from Phil Griffin. You're not covering Phil Griffin, the president of MSNBC, is telling Ed Schultz, you cannot cover Bernie Sanders running for the presidency. They don't even want people to know that progressives are running for the presidency. And this is way back in 2015. Fast forward to 2020. Do you think they're doing anything different? It's all the same, dude. It's all a game. And you're going to just see how Ed Griffin, once again, kind of explains this. Uh, so let's let the video play out once more. This. I said, Phil, Bernie Sanders is announcing he's running for president. He's going to be a president. Oh, I don't care. You're not covering this. And it got rather contentious. And I, I, I don't. Well, uh, now you're asking me for opinion. He, uh, the moderator asked Ed Schultz, I don't know if you guys could hear that. It was kind of low. Um, he said, why though? Okay. And now he's gonna, uh, he said he is, has up till now been saying straight facts, only the truth of what's happened. And that's what kind of reporter is like. He's even telling you like, that's so telling that like reporters don't do that. Or well, at least nowadays, unfortunately. I'm giving you fact right now about what happened. And other people who were there with me will attest the fact and back me up that this is what happened. We were told that we had to cover something down in Texas that was totally meaningless in uh, another press conference in Baltimore, which was in, already had been in the news for a few days. We're covering Bernie Sanders live. We're coordinated with his campaign. And I'm told five minutes before, you're not covering Bernie Sanders. Now, let me give you the opinion. I think the Clintons were connected to Andy Lack, connected at the hip. I think that they didn't want anybody. Andrew Lack, chairman of MSNBC and NBC News. They said that the, his theory is that the Clintons were connected with him. And that's coming from one of the anchors, the head anchors at MSNBC, former, of course. Really interesting, guys. Very interesting. Very interesting. In their prime time or any, anywhere in their lineup supporting Bernie Sanders, I think that they were in the tank for Hillary Clinton, and I think it was managed 
and 45 days later I was out at MSNBC. And when you see how 45 days later folded Donna Brazil feeding Hillary Clinton questions at the campaign, the DNC undercutting Bernie Sanders, the superdelegates that were organized by Hillary Clinton. The superdelegates, dude, like look. Clinton. I mean, in my state of Minnesota, where I'm a resident and pay taxes, Al Franken and Amy Klobuchar were superdelegates, and despite the fact that Bernie Sanders won Minnesota, they supported Clinton. It was the, the fix was in. They went against the will of their own constituents and support of the establishment candidate. That was Senator Al Franken, which was, is not a senator anymore. But Senator Klobuchar not only is a senator, but ran for the presidency of now in 2020. You know, so that's one of these people. These are one of the establishment people. I mean, as if it wasn't obvious already uh, that she was one of those people and that he was one, of, of course, as well. Like, you guys should see through this. You should see through these people. Look for their lies because they tell many politicians. Like, everybody has, like, a pretty good understanding of what a politician is, like, being corrupt. Um they overall don't trust people like I mean, they overall don't trust politicians and whatnot. They don't tell the truth. So those overall understandings of politicians and the stereotypes, which they are, they're pretty much they're pretty much true for the large part, unfortunately. But that should that should be up to us instead of just saying, oh, they're all corrupt. I'm not going to vote. You should be voting against them. If you know and you think and you really believe that they're as corrupt as you think that or say they are then you should be voting for the people that you believe 100% are telling the truth or at least trying their best to serve their community. And that's just not happening at, at, a, at a big enough rate to actually make a difference. And that's why we're getting time and time again a, a cyclical problem of suppression and oppression of um our not only our voices our thoughts feelings everything they suppress us all financially I, I mean you name it they they're suppressing us do you think it's any like coincidence that they gave us only twelve hundred dollars for this stimulus check you know uh, a couple weeks ago rather than and what did they give to the big banks and wall street and everything they were literally printing a trillion dollars a day one trillion dollars a day and they didn't have to ask for it. They just gave it to them. That's your government. That's your government. Look into it if you don't believe me. Look fucking into it. But let's go ahead and continue this video. The fix was in with the mainstream media. The fix was in with managing the news and shutting down Bernie Sanders. And it wasn't until he started matching the Clintons and raising money that he became, well, we got to cover this guy. But from the start, the Clintons didn't want any competition. They didn't want Bernie Sanders around. They didn't want the Keystone XL pipeline. They didn't want to push her on that issue. They didn't want to push her on free education for all. And they certainly didn't want to push her on, uh, on, the, on the TPP and also universal health care. Those were four main issues that Bernie Sanders, had he not been in the campaign, Hillary Clinton would have never had to address. And so I think the fix was in early on to deep six Bernie. To this day, it kind of pisses me off because, I, I, you know, they talk about collusion. 
Oh, let's check out that meme. That looks really funny. Hmm. We rig primaries, sabotage Bernie, elevate Trump. So hashtag single payer. So voila. And the DNC magic trick. And you see how uh, Putin here is coming out of the puppet, uh, coming out of the hat. And it's literally, that's what they're doing. They're kind of blaming everything on Putin. Like, Hillary and the, and the Democrats blamed their loss on them instead of looking at their own policies. Like, do you think you maybe could have lost because of how shitty you were on um, LGBTQ rights or how you shitty you were on economic uh, rights um, and promoting a, a, a better world, a more prosperous world for us? Um, Legalize marijuana, like you, you name it, free college for all, um, Medicare for all. They didn't do any of those things. She didn't support any of those things. She didn't even want, she, she thought minimum wage should have been twelve fifty an hour at the federal level. Come on. Get out of here, dude. You know, they talk about collusion. There's, there's nothing more than collusion than this. R.I.P. Ed. So, um, Ed Schultz died in 20, 2018, but right before uh, this part you see here, um, he mentioned how the DNC is colluding with the media and at the same time saying how the Russians are colluding with uh, and Putin is colluding with the Republican presidential campaign, a.k.a. Donald Trump. And he was even impeached off that. He was, he was, of course, with like the... The um, actually, it was not of that. It was uh, another thing, but it was also bullshit. RussiaGate. Um, he was more. I mean, they appointed the special prosecutor um, against him to to kind of like learn or, um, uh, to learn a little bit more about what he did there. And they didn't find shit after like three years. They didn't find anything. Nothing happened to it. That's why they didn't even impeach him off that. They had to find something else, some call that he made with another president to kind of get him on that. And didn't even get him on that. So what's the point of doing that at all? So that's what I kind of got. I want you guys to see, like, how they really collude with each other um, in support of their own agendas. You know, the media has its own agenda. The parties especially have their own agenda. And you see how partisan they're being like. Even now the president is being extremely partisan with this coronavirus crisis. He's not giving the same kind of attention to blue states. He's saying that blue states shouldn't be bailed out by anything uh, or by the federal government. Like when he's literally the federal government and the Fed is giving me so much money to all of these uh, corporations, biggest banks on Wall Street, you name it. And it's, it's really upsetting to not only see, but be aware of and to see how people aren't prepared for this, you know? And the government is not doing what they should be doing to protect their people. And it's really, uh, it's really disheartening. Um, but that's why this podcast ex- podcast exists. It's to show you guys how fucked up everything is 
And that's what my kind of experience really was in this. Like I became a conscious citizen. I never really cared about uh, dumb shit. Like I didn't um, like to me personally, like I know many people obviously care about this and it's really big for a lot of people. Um, but sports was never a huge thing for me. Why? Because I thought it was stupid. I think it was a waste of my time. I thought it was uh, something that uh, like a, a game, you know? Um, so I would always pay attention to things that would uh, really matter. And I guess, I guess this is a kind of a continuation of that principle uh, in that there are a lot of things that go on on a daily basis in the country that are really impactful and negative at a lot of the times to millions of people and sometimes billions because as we know the united states is uh, the biggest super and biggest superpower in the world and we have the biggest military might and we're in 150 countries uh with our military bases so it, it's really interesting to kind of be aware of um but coming into it uh i thought like the same thing as everybody else like okay like i want to at least look into the candidates i'm going to look into the party like uh the democrats at least sound like decent people the republicans are kind of like they don't really care about abortion rights or anything like that like i, I mean they're talking about immigration like like things that are somewhat important but they had like a really like hateful tone to their voice uh um their policies didn't make a ton of sense to me uh, especially in social um social rights and then the democrats at least kind of like sounded good they painted a good picture they wanted health care they wanted all these rights for people and it just seemed like they were the underdogs but little did i know that <laughs> you know so as we know as we kind of progressed into it, you kind of realize as you watch politics more and more and more every day, like now I'm a political junkie. And I've, of course, like now I have a political podcast. And I talk about these really interesting and important ideas because I feel that with the information that I know, the information that I've ex been exposed to and whatnot, that I feel like I have a duty. I feel like I have a responsibility to share that information and that knowledge that I know because it's so important and so little people know about it. And you know, like, I don't make any money. I don't make any money off this podcast. Um, I, I just want to tell you all the things that are going on in the house, you know? And I want to tell you how the oligarchy is doing everything in their power to make sure that we stay the same. We are still not making money. Americans are still living the paycheck, paycheck. Uh, they want uh, to make sure that American sure Americans can't, can't afford $400 um, um, as an emergency, emergency hit. hit. Like they can't, like they can't take a $400, $400 emergency, emergency hit. hit. Um, um, but in its funny aspect, like that's like insane. insane. Americans, Americans don't have any savings. savings. Almost 20, 20 million people lost their job, job in the last, last few weeks. weeks. No one has, no health. has health. There's no, there's no universal, universal health care. And part of the, the part of the reason for that is because Barack Obama, Barack Obama when, he had, when he had his chance, passed Obamacare, Obamacare but he could have passed universal health care if you really, if you really wanted, wanted to. The Democrats really wanted to, but they chose, but they chose not to. They had a they had a majority in both the House and the Senate, and they had and they had the White House. They could have done whatever the fuck they wanted, and they chose not to.
and, that, and that's what you guys should also see, that the Republicans and the Democrats are the same. One and the same. One talks prettier than the other. They they have pretty smiles, pretty faces, like Barack Obama, like Hillary Clinton, like these good moral people. Joe Biden. But what do they stand for? They stand for the pharmaceutical industry. They stand for um, Wall Street, the biggest banks, like you name it. These guys are for it. And the Republicans are just as bad or even worse. These guys are bought by everybody, dude. Uh, you, the gas and oil industry, fossil fuel industry, um, uh, what else? Uh, you name it, dude. Uh, pharmaceutical industry as well. Uh, the banks, the banks got everybody, dude. The telecommunications companies, big agriculture. Like, all of these businesses are all working against you. That's why you guys should see that this is really class warfare. But, um... I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate this time you give me to really voice my opinions and thoughts um, and lay down the facts for you guys to see with your own eyes because no one is going to tell you this. The vast majority of the media is not going to tell you this. And they leave a place for like people like me to step in and educate people that don't know about this stuff. And it, it's really important. This is the important stuff that they're, they want to distract you from. That's why they put out so much reality TV. There's so many things to dis distract yourself with. There's the sports. The Romans had the gladiators. That's what sports is, basically. But, well, once again, leave it at that before I go off on another tangent. So thanks again, guys, for tuning in. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks. Bye. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in to our podcast. Once again, we just want to inform you. We want to arm you with the knowledge that it's going to take to reform your thinking and hopefully make an action because or take action because what's going on on a daily basis in our government and in politics should bother you to your core it should disgust you because what's going on is literally it's fraud it's extortion it, on a massive scale it, it's a mass murder like you name you name it, it the government is doing it um uh and that goes for privacy rights that goes for many different things so um if you want to learn a little bit more if you want to educate yourself maybe you don't tune into the news every single day maybe you don't read every single article i do that just because i'm a fucking nerd and uh ashley does that because she loves to, to to learn a little bit more about that as well um so uh and of course she's a political junkie too so once again, uh, please give us a follow on our social medias. Uh, follow us on Facebook at the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at O Disruptor Podcast. Uh, on YouTube, you can also find us now uh, at the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast. So um, once again, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.